Hello, my name is John Brink and we are podcasting on the brink from downtown. Prince George, the capital of Northern BC, an amazing place, the most beautiful place on earth for all intents and purposes. You must come and visit Northern BC. The other thing interesting about Northern BC, and I always bring that up during my podcast, is that the, the annual growth domestic product of the province of British Columbia, the GDP, is generated in Northern BC. And, and I always say that because then I look over my shoulder to the fellows in the South, I say, don't forget it. And, uh, you know, and the other thing that uh, today we have a special guest, and her name is Tammy Kelsbeck. Mm-hmm. Did yes. I say that correct? Van Kelsbeck, close. Van Kelsbeck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about your background. Are you from the region here or? Yeah, so born and raised in Prince George. I grew up here my whole life. Um, went to school up in the Hart Highlands and, um, you know, had a re- pretty good childhood up there and um, played a lot of sports and was busy. Um, y- yeah, just just being a kid. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and then the other thing about you is you have two children. I have two boys, yes. Yeah, uh, t- uh, what are the names? Uh, Kyler, he's 13. Okay. And then my youngest is Kale, he's 11. Yeah, so just at that beautiful age of growing fat far too quickly yeah. and getting, uh, you know, really interactive at that age in particular. Yeah. So uh, that will keep you busy. Absolutely. And, yeah. and then you do a number of other things. You also work for Northern Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you do there? So I actually just recently got a new position at Northern Health. I'm an executive assistant for Indigenous Health. Okay. Um, and I wear many hats. I'm also a part-time server at the Twisted Cork. At where? At the Twisted Cork, just over here around the corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also a, a sober wellness and self-love coach. Um, and I have a business called The Soul Project. So tell me about The Soul Project in the case. Mm-hmm. You are also a counselor in regards to yeah i wouldn't quite say a counselor um i am a mentor for young women okay. um, i work with women that have struggled through trauma addiction um, self-sabotaging behaviors um, and really work with them to see their worth and um, you know change their mindsets and and live a life that they truly deserve so how did you get involved of in that in particular because it's a very delicate area and and uh, you know for somebody to understand it is usually somebody that has difficult experience and and then kind of hopefully recovered from it and then feel they had to give back is that mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. what yeah. happened yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have struggled with addiction and mental health, um, some depression and stuff um, for 22 years, actually. Um, and so I, I'm not even sure where to start with that, but um, it really stemmed from uh, a traumatic experience I had at the age of five. Okay. And I didn't really realize how much that um, affected me until I was in my teens. Um, I had turned to drugs and alcohol as a way of coping and escaping, uh, heal, like trying to heal that, that pain. 
Um, I also use drugs and alcohol to fit in, right? So um, it, it grew, like it slowly started progressing my addiction. And then in 2020, um, just shortly after COVID had hit, um, I reached out for help and I went to a treatment center. Now, if you talk about experience you had as five and not asking you questions that you're not prepared to answer or, or not appropriate, I just hope to, for our guests, to understand it, was that abuse of some sort or another? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so sexual abuse at the age of five, um, pretty traumatic, like I, you know, my parents um, are wonderful people, loving yeah. people, and they did the best that they could at the time that um, it had happened, and they were told to have a counselor come in and talk to me about it, and that's what happened, but then it was over, it was kind of brushed under the carpet, and yeah. so for, a lot of my growing up, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, but it was never discussed, right? Yeah. So I kind of had thought, am I making this up? Like, is yeah. this something, yeah. um, you know, I felt crazy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had turned, I think I was 21 and I had approached my mom and I had asked her if it ha had happened and it had. Yeah. Um, which was a great relief yeah. because that's kind of when you can um, begin to work through it, right? Yeah. And, and, and you work through it in terms of getting counseling and all of those kind of things? Or how did that all go? Well, it took me a long time from 21 till I was uh, 37 years old to, to really address it. Um, I suppressed it again through drugs and alcohol, um, trying to, to numb those painful feelings, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so when I got sober, that was such an opportunity for me to begin the healing process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, so, and, and all the while you were struggling with it on your own, just, you know, not nobody really to talk to about it Correct. or understanding it. And you were trying to suppress it by alcohol and, mm -hmm. and, and and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Very, so, very embarrassed about it. So yeah. it wasn't something that I would openly talk about for no. sure. And then, you know, the, yeah, the, I'm kind of thinking about it. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you say what you're saying. I was born in uh, 1940 and then uh, in uh, Northern Holland, North, uh, uh, Eastern Holland, actually close to the German border. And we were liberated by the Canadian Army on April the 12th, 1945. Uh, but the uh, uh, times were extremely difficult. Uh, my dad was in the Dutch uh, Army, uh, you know, and, and, and was already drafted in the Dutch Army before I was born, actually. Uh, although my, wife was, my mother was pregnant with me at a time that he left uh, in April of uh, 1940. Uh, and then I had uh, a, a sister that was one year older and a brother two years older. And so that left my mother alone mm -hmm. for the next five years. We didn't know if it, he was dead or alive. And, uh, and everybody kind of thought that he would likely not have made it. Mm -hmm. The last time that they saw him was in Rotterdam and the bombing was of Rotterdam. And then after that for five years, never heard back from him. Mm -hmm. So what, what I found is that uh, trauma in particular, and that's really where I'm going with this, is that uh, the hunger winter 
is dit gehaald in 1944-45. Het is veel, veel difficult in Holland. En toen de Canadian Army kwam en de German Army, whatever was left of it, and, uh, tried to get back to Germany, we were about 10 minutes away from the German border. En mm-hmm. uh, things were pretty rough. Uh, they blew up all the bridges to slow down the people that were trying to push them back. And, uh, uh, there was no food and uh, every, uh, a lot of young people died because it was uh, the, the hunger winter, they called it, uh, 1944, 1945. And uh, we had usually very little to eat. There was no fuel and uh, 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 thousands of kids in particular, but also adults, especially the ones that were weaker, died. Mm. As, as a result of all of that, uh, You know, that uh, I found much later in life that uh, I was affected by PTSD, saw far too many things like uh, uh, saw one of our neighbors getting shot uh, and a bullet through the eye and back out of the back of his head. And then saw several arms and legs on on Mm -hmm. carts. And even at five years old, that leaves an impression with you that you will never forget. The other thing interesting about it was that, uh, and actually I got counseling for it, even in my late 50s, early 60s, when in my relationship we were having difficulties and, uh, uh, you know, we all solved the problem, but, uh, you know, we went and sought counseling and, uh, you know, to resolve those issues and then The counselor kind of uh, amazingly said to, to us both, uh, you know, that it maybe would be a good idea for him to talk to me alone about issues that still related to the war. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, and we agreed to do that. And that was dealing with what he called the inner child. So, uh, for, the, for a guest that maybe you're not familiar with, it is the little boy that never reconciled that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even so many years later, still affects them, you know, so, and, uh, you know, so, but I found that counseling uh, was amazing, actually, mm-hmm. and it helped the process, you know, so, uh, and then, uh, you know, the, uh, but still even now, Uh, you know, and uh, uh, that part is still part of my life. I talk about it more now if I, as I give presentations. The other thing, even more interesting maybe, is that, uh, that the other thing, I was not very successful in school. I failed grade three. Nobody fails grade three. You really give me. I think my brother did. Or did he? Oh my God. He was grade seven. Yeah. And I failed grade seven three times. Okay. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, so, and then they said, well, should we send him to the mentally challenged school or do we get him a job? Well, we got me a job at uh, age 14. And then, uh, so my dream was to go to Canada. I was so impressed by the Canadian Army that liberated us that I, uh, always knew I would go to Canada, to the land of my heroes, when I was five. And, and, and that was my mandarin. The other one was my dad ran a little lumber mill, 
and uh, not his own. And uh, and then the other dream was that I would go to Canada and build my own lumber mill. And, uh, you know, so those were my dreams. And then I was going to go when I was 17. And then I got uh, drafted into the Dutch Air Force for two years. Uh, and then I finally went to Canada when I was 24. Wow. Started off, uh, couldn't speak language, didn't know a soul, didn't have a job. Uh, I had, by the time I got to Prince George, you may wonder what this all means, is I, I had in my pocket when I arrived here in the Greyhound station, $25.47. Wow. And, but I was going to build a sawmill and a lumber mill. And, uh, you know, that was the objective. Uh, I counted my money several times and that's what I had. And couldn't speak a language, didn't know a soul, didn't have a job. So I started as a cleanup man and then from there and then kind of, went forward and gradually started uh, within a year and a half. I was the superintendent of one of the larger mills here and that didn't go fast enough. Then I became a partner in a mill in the Yukon, Watson Lake Yukon. Of all. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Don't no. go there. Oh. No, I'm just joking. You know? <laughs> but it's very cold there. Yeah. <laughs> it may snow in July and you don't know if it's late <laughs> or early, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, so I was there for five years and uh, anyway, then when I was back in Peugeot, so there I'm walking into this store here, still here on, on 3rd Avenue, uh, Books on 4th, they called it, uh, you know. And so I saw this book, and I still don't know why I did it. I opened the book, and, and it was, the book's title was Driven to Distraction. And what I talked about is ADHD. And I thought, oh my God, that's me. And, and so I then took the book and I wrote in it in Dutch because I was ashamed of it. Now I finally know who I am. And, oh. and, uh, you know, and, and then what I did is also, quite a bit later, is I wrote a book about it, uh, you know, because I thought, well, let me say this first. I, I was fairly ashamed of it for one. That's not the case now. But mm -hmm. then a lot of stigma still evolved. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I was trying to build a lumber mill and every so often I talked to bankers and uh, like they'll lend money to build my mill and what am I going to do? Walk to the bank and say, I, uh, you know, okay, this is what I want, but I, I have a mental disorder and it's called ADHD, and, but even so, will you lend me money? We said, have a nice day, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not today. <laughs> yeah. And, and so as that stigma disappeared and, and more later, uh, you know, I thought I had to do a couple of things. I had to write the book about this one here, and I'm going to give you copies of these. That's why I have them here. Against All Odds. I said, it took me 80 years to live it, <laughs> 20 years to think about it, it's two years to write it. <laughs> and, and basically, this is not so much about hurrah, hurrah, John, how successful it is, but rather about all the challenges along the way. Mm -hmm. and, and it includes to a certain extent uh, as well. At one point in my life, I was drinking more than was good for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and it became a problem. Uh, I was then still smoking a pipe. Uh, that was not good for me either. And then I also was using, uh, you know, pills that were, uh, uh, you know, for anxiety and, uh, you know, and that was not good for me. Although they were prescribed, but it became addictive, mm -hmm. Xanax. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, and then 
I became somewhat addicted to it. And fortunately, my girlfriend at the time, which became my wife, kind of dumped me. And, uh, and, and so that gave me a shock as to stop. Yeah. So I stopped drinking, I stopped with the Xanax, I stopped with the smoking, all, the same, all in one week. Good for you, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, and, but it taught me a lesson mm. in terms of, uh, you know, from there on in, not right away, but later, I became, like with this book that came out about two, three years ago, uh, I, I became much more public about it in terms of, uh, you know, those issues. Mm -hmm. Same with PTSD, mm -hmm. same with the inner child, and uh, where I became, it became more important for me to talk about it. And, and then I wanted to write another book about ADHD, I call it the superpower. And uh, it makes me do 20 things all at the same time. Uh, uh, a lot of people are not able to do that. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so that's kind of what it became. I'm going to give you copies of those. Thank you. The reason that I tell you this is simply to say that uh, that's why I admire people like yourself that have gone through a difficult time, are very involved in working with people that are struggling now and, uh, you know, and, and came back from all the adversity that uh, affected you from the time that you were very young and fragile. Uh, no different than it did with me. That stayed with me from the time I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and how important it is to not only reconcile it in some form or fashion, although you never will, it will be always with you mm -hmm. as it is with me, uh, but at least it allowed me to talk about it more and to help others that are struggling. Absolutely. First, that's uh, extremely brave, I find, when people are able to open up and be so vulnerable and honest about what's going on for them. Um, I think I was stuck in my addiction for so long because I was um, afraid and there's this, you know, uh, stigma with addiction, right? Yeah. Um, after going to treatment and doing some of the work there, I realized, you know, I, I have a voice and, um, you know, the more that I'm open and honest about what's going on for me, the more that I'm able to heal and really work through some of that stuff. And, yeah. um, I found that forgiveness for me was, um, a huge, like a huge step in, in my healing. Yeah. You know, it's not forgetting what had happened. It's not saying it was no. okay. Yeah. Forgiveness is about, uh, for me, it's about letting it go so I can uh, not allow that to control me Correct. and how I'm living my life. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then to help others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so how does that, so what do you do then? Do you do that to the organization that you developed? Uh, you know, you call it the... Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, soul project. the soul project, the soul project. So yeah. what does that look like? The soul project? So I started the soul project, um, after coming out of treatment, um, I was really, now if you say treatment, yep. is that counseling? Uh, no, a treatment center like okay. for, um, uh, for women. Uh, it was in new Westminster and I went there for 60 days. 
Um, they um, support the NA program, Narcotics Anonymous. Okay. Uh, we did a set of steps um, and learned a lot. Did from you there. find it to be very, very helpful, critical to you? How, be, how did you become aware of it? Um, just, do you mean the, the treatment center? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just reached out uh, for help and Northern Health actually um, connected me with them okay. and I ended up going there. So. Because the reason that I'm asking you the question is because there are other people out there that maybe are struggling like you are that wonder how do I, how, how, do, how can I get the next step and how do I go about that? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, treatment is not an easy in. It takes um, <clears throat> a lot of people, um, unfortunately, on wait lists or they're denied or their insurance won't cover it. So um, I feel very fortunate for being able to go. However, the NA and AA programs are completely free. But, what does the acronym stand for? Uh, so Narcotics Anonymous and then uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's meetings happening every day in Prince George um, that can people can go to. Where? Um, all over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, meeting lists that you can find, and there's you know meetings that even during lunch that you can go to um, and connect in with people. Um, for me, honestly, though, I had to leave Prince George. I had to go to a treatment center and remove myself completely and submerse myself in recovery. Yeah. And so when I got out of uh, treatment and I came back home, I didn't know who I was anymore. I lost my identity because I was so um, wrapped up in drinking. Drinking was my identity, my friends, you know, that's what we did, right? So when I came back home, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so I was really on a journey to find out who I was and what I liked, what were my values. What were my dreams? What did I want to do with my life? And so I came across um, a, a course called, um, it was a self-love <clears throat> coaching program. And I figured, you know, I'm going to take this. And regardless if I'm coaching other women, I, I've done something for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for six months. And uh, the tools that, you know, I learned there were extremely valuable. And so I had taken that and I rolled with it and I started the Soul Project and um, the Soul Project is now my way of being of service to other people. So how long is it ago <laughs> since you finished the program in New Westminster? Uh, about almost three years ago. Three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And you've been sober since that time. Yeah. 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 And and so uh, okay, and and then. So now initially you started getting involved in this and then it became more than just for yourself. You started talking to other people that were challenged with some of these issues, right? Yeah, I think I wanted to be a voice for the people that didn't have a voice, yeah. who were scared to, to come out and ask for help. Yeah. To show people that recovery is possible. Yeah. Right. Um, so in NA or AA, in the steps, uh, the 12th step is about being of service. Right. Yeah. So my mission now is really to, to turn my mess into a message. Yeah. Right. To share my struggles, what I had gone through. Yeah. To show, you know, women, people that, um, you know, you're not alone. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you're doing that now. 
in addition to all the other things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this whole project is a bit of my side hustle. And um, so I'm, I'm working with women. Um, I have a five, five week program, a three month program, and then a six month program. And again, it's just really giving women the tools to um, rediscover who they are to build them, um, you know, to go through forgiveness being number one, right? Uh, self-acceptance, self-love, uh, self-care, all of, all of those things that we need to feel comfortable in who we are. Um, and I think uh, that helps with, with um, you know, removing addiction as well, right? Being good in who you are. So how do people, do people contact you or, you know, you have it structured, is it just on your own or you have other people involved in the program or? No, so it's just me um, and I am very open on social media, on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Um, I do TikTok videos and yeah, people can just, I have a website too and people can reach um, into me at there. Maybe tell uh, our listeners what your website is just to, yeah. it, it, you feel comfortable with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's uh, www.thesoulprojectwithtami.com. Uh, so say that once more. Yeah. So www.thesoulprojectwithtami.com. Uh, yeah. uh, .com. And, and, and then, uh, so, and you have, you started that how long ago? Um, I think I've been doing this now for, I, uh, I want to say almost two, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And you do it from your house or? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so the typical thing would be somebody contacts you, you set up a program that depending on the, but the, you, you kind of find out what the per, person's challenges are and their motivation in terms of where do you want to go from there and then you kind of say to them okay you can follow this or the other things that's kind of the layout yeah and and the this cost involved there is cost involved um i've always struggled with asking for money um i believe that you know my energy my time is an exchange um but there is a cost involved with, with my program. I have workbooks and stuff that I go through. Um, I meet my clients online uh, via Zoom. You get value for money. It's not overdone. It's just yeah. to cover your cost yeah. and yeah. your time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, I've, I've always kind of struggled with, with asking that. And I'm, oh, no. and I'm working through that. I'm totally new to this. So, But, but you need to have ways of recovering cost as well mm -hmm. because your time is valuable as well right yeah as and, yeah. and obviously it's based on a commitment that you have it's not uh you know a place to make money but first and foremost from what i hear of you and read about you it is a commitment that you have uh, other people that have been uh, going through this as you have uh, to help them mm -hmm. and and in fairness uh, you know you you need to cover your cost at least, right? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And so, yeah, I've, I've created my own workbooks. And um, again, I just, I work with women to, you know, recognize what their limiting beliefs are, what's holding them back, um, giving them, you know, talking about spiritual principles. And 
uh, finding out what your values are, um, just a lot of self-discovery, a lot of dis self-discovery work. There's, um, you talked about uh, inner child work and that's some pretty, pretty heavy stuff. I don't claim to be a therapist um, or a counselor in any way. I am a coach. Um, and so there is <clears throat> some, some child work, inner child work, a lot of mirror work. So positive, you know, feeling good about what you look like, um, positive body image and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, that's all a part of, all a part of my program. Yeah. The reason that I mentioned the inner child, because it had an amazing effect on me. I never even heard of it, you know, until the counselor said it to us, you know, that he wanted to spend some time with me and talking about that. I had no idea. You know, so, and then when he started talking about it, it became clear in my mind, okay, that makes sense because that was the little boy that still was there. It was all the anxiety of, and the fear of losing his mother, you know, that, that really never left. Mm -hmm. And until we reconciled, very emotionally, very, very intense, you know, so, uh, Absolutely. you know, and. You know. I find those, those moments in our life really shape who we are. And I didn't realize it until, um, you know, I was clean and sober, right? I didn't yeah. realize how much it had affected me. Yeah. Um, but I truly believe that we um, have to go through these things, these struggles, um, through these lessons um, to get to a place where we are now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And in, in, in one of the first places is, Tammy, likely is recognizing it. And mm -hmm. being willing to deal with it, right? And understanding it. Mm -hmm. And then the other part is uh, not to feel ashamed about it, uh, you know, and, and being open about it. And, be, and if you wish, being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I found with my book that I wrote. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, that I wanted to be very open about all the things that happened, including all the emotional things that are all going along with it and uh, you know that uh, a lot of people misunderstand sometimes that uh, entrepreneurship uh, you know and, and people that look like they have these lumber or these companies lumber companies or whatever they have uh, you know and that is all very glorious and it looks like uh, you know that probably most of the time what you're doing is uh, uh, bringing money to the bank and, and planning for holidays but it isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, entrepreneurship is usually highly overrated in terms of what it is. I'm I'm not discouraging anybody, but uh, it can be very hard on families. Uh, you have to be willing to uh, uh, put up with all the stress and all the pressure along the way, and uh, and sometimes that's not very uh, beneficial for families. And uh, unfortunately, it cost me one of my marriages. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, but, a lot of uh, self motivation and dedication. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So they. Uh, so then, talk a little bit about uh, Northern Health. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, you know. So you started there a while ago already. Or? Yeah. So I've been with Northern Health for five five years. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I just got a new position there um, as an executive assistant, and I'm feeling very grateful for these opportunities that have uh, been coming into my life and. Um, yeah, just I think, you know, being able to heal and work on yourself it, um, and being grateful for the things that you have in your life, it just opens the doors for you. Yeah. I've been, um, 
very fortunate um, to be working in this new position and yeah, things are looking good. Yeah, and, and I kind of think I read in here that it was, how, long, how many days ago you wrote down here somewhere, 800 or so or? Yeah, for over 800 days. Tammy is over 800 days sober. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe reaching 900 now, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you lose count after a while. You lose yeah. count. Yeah. Yeah. So the... Uh... Yeah. So where do you go from here? That's a good question. Um, I think I just really want to focus on uh, giving back to the community and working with women. Um, I... I you know, maybe one day I'll write a book and <laughs> share yeah, sure. my story. And I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I give you mine. So what yeah. I said is uh, it took me, as I said, 80 years to live it. Yeah. Uh, 20 years to think about it. But that means 20 years to think about it means really starting it, stopping it, <laughs> starting it, stopping it, and, and then saying, how do I do this? How do I go about it? Because, and I encourage you to do it, but at the same time, uh, you know, once you start the process, talk to me about it as well, so I can maybe help you along the way, is that it is more complicated sometimes than it appears to be. And then, uh, but that's nothing to discourage you, is that, uh, you know, once I did the first one, because this is uh, uh, against all odds, it's an autobiography, and, and I knew once I write it, I had to do it well, because you cannot say, okay, well, I did that one, now I do another one. Yeah. You had to do it pretty much uh, right, right? So, and uh, then it became a question of, uh, you know, that I, I, it always involves a bit of a team in terms of, although amazingly with my failing grade three, and grade seven, three times, I'm a very good writer. Yeah. Amazing, you know, really. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it kind of makes the point that I believe it is the superpower, uh, you know, that I was just not very good at sitting in a classroom and I, I, my mind was elsewhere, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, so then uh, we developed this, what should it look like? Uh, the story, obviously, I already had developed, and then gradually I said, if I don't do it now, it will never be done. I was going to ask you a question. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just curious. So was it more of, you know, you just kind of writing out your entire life from, you know, from when you can remember to now and then kind of giving it to um, somebody to help you write it? Or was it? No. No. I, I wrote most of it, and then I still had somebody involved on the editing part okay. of it. Yeah. And then uh, a different input, like you can see here, there are pictures in it as well. Then the layout of books, very important. We have uh, people involved that help us with the art mm -hmm. of it. Uh, you know, what should it look like? What should the cover look like? What should this be like? What should be written here? What should it look like there? And then, uh, who can I get to endorse it? And, and what makes an interesting story? And, uh, you know, and then the other thing about it that if you look at the back, I'm not going to charge you for it, but, you know, <laughs> tell me about the price is of the book. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
$25.47. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, and I'll sign it before you uh, give it. So that was important about it. And then, so what, what is helpful in the process if you write a book is to have other people that could be part of the team is read the story while you are writing it, give you ideas here and there. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, and obviously you have a very, very interesting story to tell, especially of where your career is going now. And it's a work in progress as you go forward, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, and, and as you're already doing with your, uh, uh, your, your uh, the the uh, sole project and, and working with other people that are challenged, a book would be extremely appropriate for you. The other thing that I've done as well, as you already know because you're part of it, is uh, I'm very active in podcasting. Mm -hmm. and, the, and I don't know if you've seen any of the podcasts that we are doing or that I'm doing. Is uh, you know, they, they deal with all kinds of areas, yeah. nothing in particular. Then we're doing a, a segment of podcasts that are dealing with the forest industry and transition, uh, you know, because it's very much of a topic around the region here, and yeah. I'm in the forest industry. But the other topics, they go from anything that we believe is interesting from individuals, uh, you know, that uh, are unique in some form of fashion, and then. Our podcasts are being watched around the world, really. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, the, this morning we did a podcast uh, with uh, a lady in Slovenia, Central Europe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking in particular about my experience during the Second World War and, and all the things that went with it. Bit of an emotional one even now. Mm -hmm. the, more, the more I talk about it, it's still emotional to me. Uh, to her, it was important because she has been interviewing people, uh, you know, that were exposed to the war and, uh, and, and all the other things that happened in Central Europe, Slovenia and, and places like that. And about especially the Second World War and, uh, uh, you know, the, all the things that happened then. And uh, so it was very, very interesting, actually. So you were on the other side of, you I were in a, this seat. I was being podcasted. <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. And Very and cool. so, but we will still show it on our uh, media, I believe on Friday. Okay. It shows you basically what it does, uh, Tammy, is that our podcasting is not only as you and me are sitting here mm -hmm. that are being watched over the world, but it is also that uh, last week, uh, and we doing more and more of that, is we were podcasting with a, a forester. Uh, you know, being very active in the Swedish forest industry that I was podcasting and how that works when I'm podcasting somebody, uh, you know, uh, that is not here, uh, you know, then it would be on the screen there where I see your picture on the screen and his and I would be on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so while <laughs> I'm sitting on your location, I'd be podcasting the person on uh, on that, and and that is now also part of our podcast. I don't know which one it is, eighty-five or eighty-six or so. Okay. Maybe, uh, and again, very very popular. Uh, I believe uh, that one has been watched by one hundred twenty-five thousand people or so. Amazing, mm -hmm. really. So 
uh, our social media had in uh, December 1.2 million oh, wow. viewers and this month already in January we are up to close to that uh, uh, 990 or something like that. Very so successful. it's becoming more yeah. and more interesting yeah. and, and obviously from my perspective is that uh, you know that from this location there is nothing that we cannot interview from around the world and we will do more and more of that you know so yeah no i love what you're doing um and shining a spotlight on important uh topics and situations so i cannot thank you enough for for this opportunity to be here and and share my story and the message of you know that recovery is possible so yeah, yeah. and I, I think it gives encouragement to the people that are watching in particular by you being so open about it and giving your website and your that uh, that people can contact you and not doing already that uh, that you can help with your experience and uh, uh, you know and I think that is becoming more and more important and uh, you know same as with uh, ADHD that used to have a stigma attached to it now more and more it's more the, the frequency of occurrence of ADHD much higher than most people ever anticipated before mm -hmm. just today I was talking to a friend of mine uh, you know that uh, uh, has some physical challenges right now she's dealing with and uh, when I talked to her is that uh, I also talked about I had sent her this book and then I told her I would send her this book as well and she said oh that's interesting that you do that because that's a coincidence because my two I don't know if it's two boys or a boy and a girl uh, you know were diagnosed with ADHD oh. so I, I said to her I'll send you three books yeah. I send this one and one for each one of the kids and the kids are about the same age as yours are and uh, you know and I think I see that all the time more and more where uh, you know that uh, uh, you know people that have had challenges with this uh, you know not being very successful in what we know as the traditional way of learning uh, you know that they are more willing to speak about it and look at uh, even tra changing the the schooling system the way we understand it mm -hmm. you know and I think that it, again is very important absolutely yeah I, you're uh, speaking for those that don't have a voice exactly. or, or are afraid to speak up so. and that's the whole objective yeah, yeah. you know and uh, you know so anything else that you want to talk about um, no I think we covered a, a lot of it um, apart I actually I should mention that um, a side thing that I do from the Soul Project, um, I started a Sober Girl Experience. And so it's for women that are currently sober, sober curious, or just tired of doing things that revolve around drinking. Um, so it's for women here in Prince George. Um, so it's just a group of us and we go out and we do just fun things that don't revolve around drinking. So. Uh, bowling, uh, hiking, pole dance classes. I um, love it. Yeah, so it's totally free. Um, How do people get to know about it or to contact you? Or 
Yeah, uh, so again, it's on my social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, and there's also a link on my website. Okay. Yeah. And do we have the addresses for it? All of them, or did you? Is that what you gave me? Earlier? That's what I gave you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Say it once more, then, just to make absolutely sure. <laughs> yeah. www.thesoulprojectwithtammy.com. Okay. Yeah. And and so now what I'm going to do? I'm going to find a pen here, and if I don't have one here, then Scott will bring. Oh, did I? Get it? Thank you. <laughs> so I I'm going to sign this. Uh, Thank you very much, Sammy. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. I would give you a hug, but we got this on. We'll do that after we stand up and got rid of this. Sounds good. Thank you for sharing your story with me and our guest. And thank you very much for being on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for holding space for me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Demi. Thank you.